Stars and Stripes today on ESPN 1063. The United States is back in the world's greatest sporting spectacle, seeking soccer glory. A duel in the desert looms as the Americans take the pitch in Qatar. Stars and Stripes today on ESPN 1063 is presented by Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, EDS Air Conditioning, I Think Financial, Stormhouse Brewing, Brightline and Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. The U.S. match kicks off in one hour. And Stars and Stripes today begins now. In three hours, we will know if the United States is headed to the knockout stage in Qatar at the World Cup. It is the U.S. and Iran. It gets going just under an hour from now, and we break it all down. This is Stars and Stripes today here on ESPN 106.3, the only radio show, only World Cup radio show in all of South Florida. And it is good to be with you on this this Tuesday, where along with Elias Bustamante and Julian Zaldivar, Deporte 760, I'm Ken Lavica. The U.S., it all comes down to this. They have been very poor in their World Cup history when it comes to final matches of the group stage. They have played in eight. They have won only one of them. So history working against the Americans here today. The U.S. lost to Iran a 2-1 final back in 1998 in the second match of the group stage in that disastrous France World Cup showing for the U.S. And so let's start with this as we set the scene here for the U.S. in Iran. Julian Zaldivar, who is back in the Anajar Levine uh, Accident Attorney Studios. What sort of form have you seen from the U.S. so far in the two matches? 1-1 Wales, 0-0 against England. What sort of form, what stood out to you about the U.S., good or bad? Hey, Ken, alias. Great to talk to you guys. Super excited. We're less than an hour away from the big game. This is when U.S. soccer, men's U.S. soccer history changes. And you were talking about the past World Cup participation where the U.S. will not do well in the last game of the group stage. But this is the golden generation of U.S. men's soccer, and this is where things change. I know the first match against Wales was a bit of a disappointment. Ideally, we wanted Team U.S. to find a victory. And then I do believe that even though the U.S. Uh, got a draw against England, it felt like a victory for the U.S. It felt like a triumph for all these young players who were not favorite to even get a draw, to even get one point. So I believe this is when hopefully everything comes together for Greg Berhalter, for all these players. And, you know, Christian Pulisic is having a great tournament so far. One says he almost scored a goal, hit the crossbar against England. I do believe Iran is... Still the weakest, one of the weakest teams in the World Cup. And I do think that U.S. is the favorite to win. And I think they will win today. Now, Elias, I agree with Julian that the U.S. draw with England felt like a win because the U.S. was the better side and some would argue the vastly better side. Some of the stars for England, like Saka, were completely held in check. No answer uh, for the U.S. pressure, for the U.S. physicality. But it's great. It felt like a win, but it wasn't a win because the U.S. couldn't finish. The U.S. couldn't score. We knew in World Cup qualifying that was going to be that was going to be the U.S. problem. The final third has always done them in. They've always struggled, and it's continued at the World Cup. Other than the goal from Wea, 
there hasn't been anything that has found the back of the net. Pulisic put it off the post. You had glorious opportunities go wide. Weston McKinney should have scored twice against England, but the point is, didn't. Today, you can't have those lapses. You can't make those mistakes. You have to be precision-based because if you don't score, then you don't play again. You don't play Saturday in this World Cup. No, for sure. And Julian, Ken, uh, it's nice to be with you guys today, uh, last game of the group stage. Yeah, it, it felt like a win on Saturday. Even though the players celebrated like that, they were the England players were like, "What's going on?" It's yeah, just a, it's just a draw, but it felt like a win. The most difficult team in maybe the whole World Cup, right? How the whole cup? Um, and I don't think Iran is one of the most weakest sides in the tournament. I don't think it is. I, I think, think they've showed something. I think it's a very difficult side yeah. to, to play against. Wales is the most. I'll say Wales is the most easy between all the teams in the group stage. But USA today, they need to win. They need to go all out. Uh, they make some changes. Mm -hmm. Only one change. Well, two changes. Two already. changes, but it looks very similar to the Wales 11 yeah. that was put out yeah, there. Yeah, totally, totally. And it's a change we talk about. Timberman. Right. He's out. Right. We talk about idea about that. Uh, Bill Harter saw, like, he's rushing a lot. He's maybe going to cost the game, the most important game of all. Makes sense. I think USA today... They need to win. They only need to score. That's yeah. all they need. I mean, they play well. They move well the ball. They just need to score. That's the only thing they're missing. That's all. I, I just wonder, Julian, the U.S. is going to be in a situation where they're playing against a team that is inspired by the fact that they had an improbable victory over Wales, an improbable victory. Uh, two mm -hmm. extra time goals, two added time goals, I should say. They, they are on the verge of going through. All they need is a draw, and there is going to be some big-time bus parking in this one. Iran <laughs> is going to try yep. and throw everyone back. And, I mean, Julian, no problems finishing in the attacking third. And I'm not trying to be overly negative about the U.S. and their chances because they have performed brightly. There has certainly been an aspect of, uh, of inspiration in the way that they've played. They have brought it to opponents uh, outside of a faulty half-second half against Wales. But I, I don't know if the U.S. is capable of breaking down this, this uh, I'm sure, uh, Jose Mourinho in inspired bus park that they are going to see from Iran today. I think they have the skilled players and again I know this World Cup has been very unpredictable. The smaller teams beating the big teams, the upsets all over the place. But again you said it right Ken, let's not forget Iran. When you think about the other teams it's not a powerhouse. When you think when I mean a few weeks ago before the World Cup started when we were planning about what the US needs to make it past the group stage we, they, we were probably thinking they could either draw or win against Wales, they would probably lose against England, and they would win against Iran. And I think nothing changes to this day. Uh, Iran was destroyed by England, 6-2. Then, they, like you said, they scored twice in extra time. It's very unpredictable, and I think the U.S. has the better players. The U.S. has everything to win. Let's not forget, 12, 20 million people watch the U.S.-England game on Black Friday. There's pressure, there's attention. People, even those that are not hardcore soccer fans, are really paying attention to this golden generation of U.S. soccer players. This is the perfect scenario for Team U.S. to go out there and get a win. And I think they have the players. Even Gio Reyna, for instance, I know he hasn't mm -hmm. been, been playing. Mm -hmm. If Berhalter's going to play him. Sure, I know that's been a controversial topic. Berhalter does not want Gio Reyna. And we know Gio Reyna is the type of player who can not only score, but he can also create 
create opportunities for other players to score. He creates a space, he can be dangerous in the midfield. And you know, Christian Pulisic has been giving us some, uh, some examples of how great he is. He had an assist, he almost scored against England. I think because of the quality of players that US has, they should be able to win. Mm -hmm. The only disadvantage to me is the fact that these players are probably going to be in their most difficult game so far. Because even though it's Iran, this is the game where you need to win or you go home. And I don't know if the, that pressure is going to be something that's going to benefit or that's going to hurt the US players. I think today they are their, their greatest enemy, their own worst enemy, and I'm yeah. sure Belharte will have them ready to go. When uh, you look at Ilias, what the U.S. has been able to do and who other than Pulisic has mm -hmm. been able to contribute, and I actually thought Pulisic was a bit shaky uh, against Wales. Yep. I thought that everything being played through him was not maybe the best way to go about it, that he should have uh, gone off onto a flank and made runs as opposed to trying to work things through the midfield because he missed, and you and I discussed it uh, on Friday before the England match, a ton of opportunities to get the U.S. out on the counter. But he yep. was a dominant presence around the area against England but you look at this midfield as a whole and you had Anthony Robertson, uh, Robinson Eunice Musa, Weston McKinney they were brilliant yep. brilliant yep. Yes. against England and and uh, when, when you look at these impact players Ilias for the United States how can this team, and Tyler Adams, I don't want to act like uh, just because we're talking about midfield and I'm forgetting mm -hmm. about Tyler Adams, who was absolutely brilliant and has yep. been one of the best players in this tournament, period, yep. I think. Um, how do you n avoid getting Pulisic reliant? How can you incorporate some of these other names and put them in goal scoring or attacking opportunities? I mean, it might sound very, very obvious, but I'll say don't play the ball to him that much in a way like don't depend on him that much. I mean, you see other teams build around the star player. Yeah. But right now I don't see Pulisic as a star player mm -hmm. for USA. That's the only thing. I think you have a lot of quality in the midfield and a lot of quality on the other side of the field with uh, Wea, um, which actually has surprised me a lot. The way he played, the way he scored the first goal. Yeah. Thanks to Pulisic goal. And also I do think like most people are watching Pulisic on this game. They might need to see Reyna. I think he's going to come in yes. and make the impact he, pretty early. Not, a, not, not only 7, 10 minutes. He's going to come in like a maybe 60, 70. Yeah. He, he's uh, the solution. I mean, he's the solution. Can we know Pulisic is more dangerous in the open field, but we know when he has a set defense in front of him, he you knows sometimes over dribbles, loses the ball in dangerous places, can create a counterattack from Iran. But that's where Gio Reyna comes as a solution. That's where his style of play can really make a difference again. Make mm -hmm. some space for a Weston McKinney, for a Christian Pulisic to really make the big play. I think Gio Reyna is a key player today. Now, let's hope that Greg Berhalter will actually see that and will agree that he deserves the minutes that he hasn't had so far in the tournament. Yeah, and, and so that's where I, I respond with this, Julian, and you're right. You would hope that Berhalter would reward Gio Reyna with the yep. minutes that he hasn't seen in the rest mm -hmm. of the World Cup. But let's not forget... In a nil-nil draw with a match that was there for the taking to avoid the situation the U.S. is in today where they have to win, they have to get past Iran uh, to get into the knockout stage, the U.S. did not make a substitution until the 75th yeah. minute. The 75th minute of that match. And so, to me, 
that was malpractice. That's gotta, that needed to happen in the 62nd, 63rd yeah, minute. We didn't see Gio Reyna until the 80th minute. I mean, I, 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 what do you make of that, Julian? Because to me, is that saving him for a run? I thought that was just sort of needless on his part. I think Berhalter is learning uh, as he goes, just like the young players, the young roster he brought to Qatar. I do believe he's a smart coach. I know he's been criticized a lot during the whole World Cup process, especially in the, during the last couple of games. But Bell Halter knows his players. He's had them since they were really young, and he knows their potential. I like to think that he's been saving Gio Reyna as a secret weapon for this game for when he needs the win the most. And again, Iran is not Wales. Honestly, Iran is not England. Iran will try to win the game early, but they will not be able to do it because the U.S. has the better players. I do think that if he's able to make the substitutions early in the game, he's able to do things mm. right, Berhalter, the U.S. should have a relatively easy game to win. There are no easy games in the World Cup, but I think by far this is the one where the U.S. has the biggest chance to win. Again, it would be a disaster if they lose against Iran and they go home. I think this is the game they need to win. There are no excuses. The United States and Iran, they get going at right around 2 o'clock, just after 2 o'clock. We have a starting 11 for the United States. It hasn't just been what's happening on the pitch that's been focused on this week, though. We've also had some major political ramifications that were already inherently going to be a part of this match, but U.S. soccer did not help matters, and it has led to a very, very uncomfortable last couple of days for U.S. soccer, and especially the young 24-year-old captain, Tyler Adams, and we'll discuss how he handled his foray into the Iranian press yesterday because it was one of the finest displays of maturity you yep. will ever, ever, ever see. So we'll go through the starting 11. We'll talk about the possible distraction of flag gate with uh, Iran in the United States in this final group stage match at the World Cup. The United States, it's simple. Need a win to get in. If the U.S. can beat Iran, then they will play Saturday in the knockout stage, the round of 32, with a chance to go to the World Cup quarterfinals. It is all their form, but can they score? Can they grab it? That answer will come in about two and a half hours. We lead you into kickoff in Qatar, the U.S. on Iran. He's Ilias Bustamante, Julian Zalivar, Deporte 760. I'm Ken Lavica. We're back to the Duffies in Delray after this. It's Stars and Stripes today on ESPN 106.3. This is Stars and Stripes today on ESPN 106.3. The U.S., Iran, 2 o'clock. The United States needs a win. That's all you need to know. The United States with a win will get in. Now, there are some other results today that could lead to the U.S. getting in to the knockout stage on Saturday in Qatar in this World Cup. But the most simple one is that you win today over Iran because I don't think that there's much of a chance of England falling to Wales. It's yeah. just me. Just me. By four goals. I, they do not only but, need to right, England. They right. need to win by four goals, which yeah, is not yeah. going to happen. I have a feeling that's probably not going to take <laughs> place. Uh, but it will be the U.S. and Iran. And since we did mention it, England and Wales playing at the same time. But we are previewing the U.S. match with Iran. It is Stars and Stripes today here on ESPN 106.3. I'm Ken Levicka. 
with Illy's Bustamante to Porte 760. We're at the Duffy's in Del Rey. Federal and Linton, come hang with us. Come watch the match with us. Julian Zalivar in our studios, the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. This week, it was an absolute mess. It was an unforced error on the United States part when the U.S. Soccer Federation on social media displayed Iran's national flag without the emblem of the Islamic Republic. It is still not known who in U.S. soccer did that, put that on the social media graphic. Um, uh, there was uh, a report where someone from within U.S. soccer said it was done in solidarity with the ongoing pronto, uh, protests in Iran against the government and the human rights violations. Uh, also, women's rights. It's been an ongoing battle with the Islamic government in Iran uh, against the people. And so... It seems like it was someone in U.S. soccer whose intentions were good, but also pretty needless in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And I'm not trying to undercut uh, the cause because Iran's players have uh, gone through their own ringer in this tournament. They did mm -hmm. not sing the national anthem of Iran in their first match before they played England in solidarity with those protesting against the Iran government. Uh, they are really putting their safety on the line doing that, and it seems like the government got to them because they sang the anthem. It looked like begrudgingly in match mm -hmm. number two. For the U.S. to, while it was good-intentioned, well-intentioned, to incorporate itself into that, it was not a good decision. It no. was not a good decision at all, and at least it ends up just being a massive distraction because, yep. predictably, Iran did not react well to it at all. No, totally. And the thing is, like, okay, I agree with the flag posting on the social media. Right. I agree with that in solidarity. But doing that, you are, let's say, turning this game political. Mm-hmm. And you don't want that. And you're opening the door to what absolutely happened, which was mm -hmm. Iran and what whataboutism. Yep. Like, oh, so you're going to talk about our human rights and you're going to talk about our women's rights. Well, what about murder in schools in the United States? What, yep. about, um, what about all these different issues exactly. that you have? And, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and that takes the, the, you know, like the idea of the role of the game, of, the, of this most important game for the USA and maybe for Iran too. It takes the size of the game, it takes it away. Yeah. It's like, okay, okay, you, you want to mess with my political views? Right. I'm going to go with you too. That's not the idea. Even though that I agree with that and I agree with the social media manager who posted that, that's perfect. But you don't want to touch waters. You don't want right. to You know what I mean? Like, right. There was just no it. need for it. And so then, Julian, predictably, Iran, its soccer federation, the Iranian government has been calling uh, for the U.S. to be knocked out of the tournament, uh, calling for FIFA to sanction yeah. them, saying they, they have desecrated our flag. Uh, it, it, it violates a bylaw in uh, FIFA codes. And the whole thing is just spiraled completely out of control. Uh, do you think that this ends up being a distraction at all for, for the U.S. Has this raised the temperature of this match with Iran, that ill-fated social media post? I think it was a distraction leading up to the game. It's not an ideal situation, especially again for such a young squad dealing not only with the pressure of having to win to continue their World Cup journey, but also to political aspects that are not necessarily linked to the actual essence of soccer. But I think all of that's over right now. The players are on the field, they're, they're getting ready for the match. I think that's all over. Mm -hmm. I understand the political aspect and I understand the different ideologies, but I do believe that's pretty much over. I do not think that's gonna have an impact, either good or bad, to what's going to happen today 
and the pitch, it might maybe help Iran a little bit more than the U.S. because that gives them an additional, uh, you know, additional uh, uh, inspiration for them to go win the game. And let's remember, Iran only needs to draw to advance to the knockout stage. That's all they need. That's mm -hmm. all they need. So, and when you're dealing with a U.S. team that's young, with a U.S. team that has all the pressure that needs to score, that may be not an ideal situation. But again, when you, with all you need is to draw, you have in some way uh, you're starting the game with a with one goal difference because if Iran scores early in the match, that's going to really test Greg Hapoff, Greg, Greg Verhalter and his players. Because if you go if you go behind early in the game, it's going to need the best performance from some of the big stars of the U.S. team to actually come back from that. Uh one of the reasons that I think the U.S. is going to be okay despite the distraction provided to them by their own soccer federation mm -hmm. was the performance yesterday of the young 24-year-old captain Tyler Adams who in this tournament is going to end up making himself a lot of money. Yep. I mean a lot of money. He is going to be one of the massive coming off of the World Cup big-time massive uh, club bidders uh, that we're going to see. He is going mm -hmm. to be sought after in a massive way, but he took to the podium yesterday, surely knowing what was coming from what was an irate Iranian media. He ended up at the onset when addressing Iran, called Iran Iran. Yep. Not the way you pronounce it, but he's a young guy. He's yeah. a young kid, went up there. Meant no disrespect by yeah. it, but this is the exchange that occurred after that between Tyler Adams and an Iranian journalist, and I want you to hear how he navigated through this. You say you support the Iranian people, but you're pronouncing our country's name wrong. Our country is named Iran, not Iran. Please, once and for all, let's get this clear. Second of all, um, are you okay to be representing a country that has so much discrimination against black people in its own borders? And uh, we saw the Black Lives Matter movement uh, over the past few years. My apologies on uh, the mispronunciation of your country. Um, yeah, that being said, you know, there's discrimination uh, everywhere you go. Um, you know, one thing that I've learned, especially from living abroad in the past years and uh, having to fit in in different cultures, is that in the U.S. we're, we're continuing to make progress uh, every single day. I grew up in a, in a white family with an obviously an African-American heritage and background as well. So um, I had a little bit of uh, different cultures and I, I was very, very easily able to assimilate in different different cultures. So, um, you know, not everyone has that, that ease and uh, the ability to do that and obviously it takes longer to understand and through education I think it's it's super important like you just educated me now on the pronunciation of, of your country so um, yeah it, it's, a, it's a process I think is as long as you see progress uh, that's the most important thing Mm -hmm. What How a classy answer, Ken. That's class. That has to that? be class. And he's right. Yep. We're not experts in every subject. We could make mistakes. It's all about continuing to learn as we go through life. And it's really impressive to hear such a powerful response from a guy mm -hmm. who's what? 21, 22 years old? He's I mean, 24, 24. 24, but he is. It's I mean, it, Yeah. And, and also, too, I think it's pretty obvious that that journalist and I mean Tyler Adams I'm sure he was warned about it and I'm sure he knew it going in but that journalist and a collection of the Iranian journalists were going to be combative they were yeah. purposely going to be aggressive and I mm -hmm. thought Tyler Adams I wasn't feeling great about the US mindset going into today until I heard that yeah. that is as good as it gets and that to me suggests that the entire club is steady yeah. right now
for sure. And first off, like, chapeau to Tyler Adams. The way he answered for 24 years old, super, super, yeah. super mature for a guy that age. And the media, that question was so aggressive. Mm -hmm. So, so aggressive. And the way they were trying to bait him to answer and to go basically crazy on that answer. just to make They him wanted make him to mistake. fly off the handle. Yeah, and he didn't. And me, let's say if I'm a player right now on the national team right now, and I see that, and I see the answer of, from Tyler Adams, I'm like, that's how you want to play the game. Tomorrow, today, we're just going to do it the right way. We're just going to beat you on your... On a different game, right? Like, that's. I don't think that was a very respectful question to ask, and the way they ask him. So, maybe it's good for Iran not to see Roman be playing today because yeah. then he was gonna rush every player and kill. Right, <laughs> right, you know? right. But chapeau to Telegrams. That's why he's the captain of the team. That's why he's the captain because he has the proper personality. And mm -hmm. to add to one more thing, Ken, about his response, such a smart way to use his own personal experience about yep. assimilating yep. and growing up. What better way to learn about a culture, to learn about something that's not necessarily obvious than to use your own life experiences as a result? So I think Tyler Adams, he is clearly mentally ready to be the most important player on the field. And that's why, again, it's not only about the skills. It's not only about where these young U.S. players uh, are when it comes from a club standpoint, but also the mental toughness. And that's something that I applaud. I think that's something that Greg Berhalter, despite all his other weaknesses as a head coach, it's something that he's been working for the last few years. He's made these young players believe in themselves. He's changed their mentality and he's trying to make them feel that they are the golden generation and they're ready to make history. So I, that's why I think games like today, the U.S. has the edge. All right, so when we come back, gentlemen, we are going to go through the U.S. 11. The starting 11 for Greg Berhalter in a must-win game. Win and move on, lose, and the United States goes home. And more than that, Greg Berhalter likely loses a job as early as tomorrow. So there is a lot on the line, and it starts about a half an hour from now. It is the United States and Iran, a 2 o'clock start World Cup group stage final match with the right to go on to the knockout stage. What is Greg Berhalter putting out on the pitch to start this one? We will tell you and we'll break it down. What does it mean? And answer all the questions when we come back on Stars and Stripes today with Julian Zaldivar and Elias Bustamante of Deporte 760. I'm Ken Levicka. Stars and Stripes today on ESPN 106.3. Stars and Stripes today on ESPN 106.3. The U.S. and Iran at 2 o'clock. Group B will come to a conclusion. England and Wales at the same time. But really, honestly, no need to look at that one because the U.S. <laughs> needs a result and they're through. Yeah. Uh, the bottom line is not just a result, a win. The U.S. Mm -hmm. needs a win. A win and they move on. So uh, unless you want unless you're interested in a battle of of the United Kingdom, England and Wales, feel free, but it doesn't matter in the grand no. scheme of things with the U.S. The only thing that would matter potentially, and it would be a, a far, far-flung reality, would be the U.S. possibly winning the group. Uh, if Wales can beat England, the chances of that probably slim. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the U.S. and Iran, a win, and the United States, regardless, will play Saturday. It is Stars and Stripes today here on ESPN 106.3. We're closing in on kickoff of the U.S. and Iran. It is about 23 minutes away. 
back in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. It is Julian Zaldivar. And here in Duffy's in Del Rey on the corner of Federal and Linton, it is me, Ken Levicka, and Elias Bustamante, Deporte 760. And so as we get closer here, let's go through the 11, the starting 11 for Greg Burhalter, And uh, it looks fairly similar mm -hmm. to Wales. And uh, I'll go through this 11 here for Greg Burhalter. It will be Matt Turner in goal, of course. In the back, you've got Serginio Dest, Tyler Adams, the captain, and Anthony Robinson. A midfield of Eunice Musa, Weston McKinney, uh, Christian Pulisic, and Tim Ream. And then you've got Cameron Carter-Vickers, Tim Weah, and Josh Sargent. Walker Zimmerman is no longer on the back line for the United States. Carter-Vickers is going to take his place back there. And you'll have Dest on the wing along with Tyler Adams and Anthony Robinson contributing probably up the left flank as well. And so you look at this, Ilias, and it is similar to Wales other than uh, no Walker Zimmerman. You've got Josh Sargent back in the starting 11 yep. like we saw against Wales. This certainly is an 11 that is going to try and push the tempo, but curiously, no Giorena as we've discussed. Uh, no Brendan Aronson. Yep. Uh, and he has arguably been the peskiest attacker for the mm -hmm. U.S. so far in this tournament. What do you make of this 11? I think it works. If it's working, don't change it. Don't touch it. Right? Uh, Zimmerman, I agree with that. And I think we talked about that on Friday. Mm -hmm. Zimmerman is the most dangerous players player against the USA. Why? Because he rushed a lot. He gets, I think he has like a type of like anxiety on the, on the, on the field. Like, I don't know. He's, he seems nervous. So yeah. on this type of game, that's good. Put Victor Sin, Sargent, that's good. But most of the team is the same team. The only two changes. Anything with this team, you need a physical striker. With Sargent, he almost scored against Wales. He seemed very comfortable playing against them. I don't know why he didn't play against England. I think he was the type of striker to use on that game. More physical, more tall striker, good with, uh, hitting the ball. This game, I think this is the strongest one he Berhalter has made so far on the World Cup. And I, I really like this team a lot. Julian, with this 11, what stands out to you here? And uh, how, how does this group match up with an Iran side that I know you don't think super highly of, but they did have those two late ones, a dramatic win over Wales to put themselves in this position where they're on the precipice of going to the next round. What do you make of the 11? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's the World Cup. It's the last round of the group stage. All four teams mathematically could actually make it to the knockout stage. It's a final for all of these teams. And Iran has some skilled players and they're going to go out there and they're going to try to win. They're not favored to win today, so they're the underdog. So they, that also gives them an edge. They have nothing to lose. Iran has nothing to prove. No one's expecting anything from them. And that's one of your most difficult rivals you can face. But I do like the lineup. I think Berhalter found his backbone. He has his players that he trusts. Mm -hmm. Again. Yeah. My biggest surprise is the fact that Gio Reyna is not in there. This is the perfect game for someone like Gio Reyna to create opportunities to score for a Weston McKinney, for a Christian Pulisic. They've been really close in the last couple of games. The U.S. was the better team against England for most of the match. If they can repeat a similar performance today, I have no doubt they should be able to win. But again, mm. as Bert Halter, you need to use your key players in the right moment. And I do believe that... Gio Reyna, even if he's not starting today, he'll play a major role, hopefully in the second half, in case the U.S. is not winning yet. I think if they score early, they have all the opportunity to go to the round of 16. 
Do you do you guys think that Iran's actually playing to win? Yes. Okay. Yes, totally, totally. So I, I, I just get the sense that this is going to be a sit back and let the U.S. come to them. I agree. You know what? I don't, th I don't think it's going to happen. I think the first half, especially maybe the first 30 minutes, is going to be up and down, up and down. Both teams looking for the win because, yes, you have Iran. They need with a tie, that's fine. They can just go to the next round. But I don't think they're going to sit down. I think they want to show everybody like, hey, this is Iran. We can play. We got against Wales. We can go against the USA and we're going to go to the next round. I do think this game is not going to be sitting down, waiting for USA to make their play. Because then, if that's going to be the play, then we're going to see a draw. I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. With Right now, also, USA, you say uh, Jirena. Yes, Jirena, for sure. He's one of the most important players. I'd rather have him coming on as a sub and the 60 70 than right now because it's going to be such a physical game that I want someone good with the ball that has a good movement with it to change the game. So, yeah, be that's very a good point. He only played 10 minutes against England. You're right, Elias. He needs to play more than 10 minutes because last time. Yes. It was impossible mm -hmm. for him to make any difference, honestly. He didn't have the, enough time to actually make a, make a big play. But I think that's a perfect substitution. I agree with Elias. If he can go in in the second half and, again, create those plays that no one else is capable of doing, yeah. that could open some space for U.S. to actually attack. I do agree with Ken. I think Iran's going to play. And this might sound weird, but I don't think Iran's going to go out there to, to win the game. They're just going to be careful not to lose it. And I think they're going to be waiting. They're going to be playing defense for most of the match. And they're going to be waiting for the counter. We know they have the speed to be able to score like that. They did it against Wales. But that's why I think the U.S. has to be mentally tough to look for the goal. They shouldn't fall on the trap that Iran's going to try to put for them, which is try to score and then get the weakness through the defense. I think U.S. needs to be smart. They need to play smart. And Iran is going to end up having some defensive struggles. And I think that's where they're going to suffer from some goals from the U.S. All right, let's play the hypothetical. And mm -hmm. sweet God, this hurts my stomach to even approach what this. If? But the what if, the hypothetical, if this goes like almost every other final group stage match in United States soccer history in mm -hmm. a World Cup, okay, um, where it is close. I mean, the U.S., hopefully they're not trailing. But let's go with the, the, the one instance where the U.S. did win a group stage match to close things out and in a must win and get into the next, uh, the knockout stage. That was 2010. That was Algeria. That was Landon Donovan. That was the goal. That is what ushered the United States mm -hmm. into its modern era of heavy expectations. Mm -hmm. And that goal came in extra time. Yep. So let's play the hypothetical that mm -hmm. this is still scoreless as we hit the 60th, the 65th, the 70th minute with who's available for the United States. This feels like it's a match where obviously Gio Reyna is one of your first substitutes in. Yep. Obviously, Brandon Aronson yep. is one of your first substitutions in. This also feels like a potential Jordan Morris. You talked about physicality. Ilias, is he the fastest guy anymore? Absolutely not no. with his knee problems. But he's the type of knows what to do around the goal with the ball, attack with physicality yep. type of presence that could muscle a goal mm -hmm. in to make him a hero. No, totally agree with that. And not only Morris, I think this is also a game for Ferreira. Yeah. 
I yeah. think it's a game for him. Jesus Ferreira. Uh, why? Because well, he, and you haven't dangerous. used him at all. So exactly. this would be the spot, right? Exactly. And I mean, I'm not coach, but if you ask me, my first substitutions, it will be, I'll take out Wea, I'll put Reina in. I'll take out uh, Sargent. I'll put probably maybe Ferreira in, who's also a very mobile guy. He can play up front. He can play a little bit behind the striker. And Jordan Morris, for whom? Maybe Pulisic, because mm -hmm. what's going to happen? Pulisic, I think he's going to get bullied in some parts of the game. And when he's also like maybe the 60, 70, he's going to be out of the game, yeah. I think, for, so, for sure. So Morris, Ferreira, and Reina, for me, those are the big three substitutions of the what-if. You, you mentioned Pulisic getting bullied, and Julian Pulisic has been given a rough ride this yeah. entire tournament. I mean, teams, Wales came out and immediately just wanted to knock him down. England was extremely rough with him. And I'll say this, too, the referee in the England match was atrocious. Mm -hmm. There should have been at least four or five England yellows in that match. There maybe was an argument for a straight red at one point as well on a foul that Anthony Robinson took. Um, but I would hope I would hope today, Julian, that the U.S. gets the respect it deserves when it comes to how badly they've been knocked around at times. The U.S. hasn't even come close to resembling anything that could put them in a penalty situation, which has been extremely frustrating. I, I hope that the refereeing is better today because I would argue that that was a complete embarrassment on Friday against England. Yeah, refereeing has been very controversial throughout the World Cup, not only because of BAR, but also because of some calls that were wrong. Like we can think about yesterday's game, the Uruguay penalty that the player's falling down and the ball touches his hand and it's called a penalty. And yeah, you follow the rule, you're very squared and you give the penalty. But I know refereeing has not been ideal. But again, we, you guys talk about Pulisic and he's been identified by the opponents as U.S. biggest weapon and they are not allowing him to play. But despite that, Pulisic gave an assist in the first game for the U.S. to score. Pulisic hit the crossbar. He was the closest one to the goal against England. He still finds a way to make a play. He still finds a way to be the difference maker. And if it's the 70, the 75 minute, and the game still draw between the U.S. and Iran, you have to find a way to give the ball to a Christian Pulisic. You have to find a way to give the ball to a Weston McKinney. Those are the players we have the experience. Those are your big time players who should be making the big plays in the biggest needs. So I think yeah. that's what has to be the strategy. But I have another question. If it's the 80th yeah. minute and the US and Iran are still drawing, how, how will Ken Levica react? What will be his, his mental uh, situation because vomiting. I know you'll be freaking out. <laughs> yes, it'll be vomiting, Julian. It'll be straight <laughs> up at the Duffy's in Delray, projectile vomiting. And sweating, I, I, listen, vomiting, I, sweating, losing your it, hair. Uh, it's going to be awful. It's just going to be liquid coming out of uh, out of my body, <laughs> uh, all places. But I um I have already mentally prepared myself for that scenario to take place because the U.S. does not make this easy and they are going to be going up against a team that believes in itself the two goals against wales that seemingly came out of nowhere this yep. iran team believes this iran team also uh has a lot to play for mm -hmm. not just soccer but maybe for livelihood and for safety unfortunately yep. with uh, some of the uh, the goings on there in their home country mm -hmm. and so 
it's a tense situation. There is a ton on the line. And for the U.S., we're talking about a number of players who have been called the golden generation. And I know that Greg Berhalter and I agree with him, said earlier in the World Cup, maybe we're a little bit premature on that. I think that's pretty accurate. Yep. But there's a lot of weight on these youngsters' shoulders. This is the youngest 11, Julian, that is featured in the World Cup. What the U.S. is putting out there today with the third yeah. youngest team in the well, World Cup. Taylor Adams is the youngest captain in the World Cup. And, and they will be tested And one of the youngest today. in World Cup history. Yeah. And Iran's going to test They will be tested today. They will be tested. And believe me, four years from now, this will be the match that everyone will remember. I know the U.S.-England on Black Friday was one of the biggest highlights of the World Cup, and it was a draw, and it felt like a win. But this is the match when all these young players step it up. This is the match when U.S. starts changing history, at least on the men's side. And this is the match, Ken and Elias, this is the match that they need to win. There are no excuses. Iran is a good team. It's a World Cup. Anything can happen. But the U.S. is favored to win, yep. and the U.S. must win today. If the U.S. does not win, if they get knocked out of the World Cup, it is going to be four years of can they actually do this. It's going to be four years of can these kids actually usher in a competitive era internationally in the United States. It's going to be tough. Especially it's, with your hosting next yeah, time around. It's going to be tough, but you, you know why? I always try to see the good in the bad. Uh -huh. So the good thing here, obviously the bad, we're going to get knocked out here in a group stage. But the good thing is like this is a good test for the next four years. Right, because it's a good experience for the next four years. Because every match is going to be huge exactly. spotlight. Exactly. 75,000 people. Yeah, and besides that, these players right now, you never know where they're going to be in four years. Maybe right. Tyler Adams is going to be, I don't know, Arsenal. Yeah. United. Yeah, sure. You know, you never know where they're going to be. They're more experienced. They're going to be older. Right now, he's 24. Four years, 28, 29. He's going to be a proper captain, a proper player. Right. Pulisic, proper player. Everybody's going to be a proper player. And in the next four years, you never know which player is going to come up. You just don't want to squander an opportunity because exactly. four years ago, we could not have foreseen missing the World Cup outright. Exactly. We, we, uh, we I mean, it didn't even enter our consciousness in that World Cup cycle that that was going to happen. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Pulisic isn't there. Yeah. And that's a wasted opportunity. Now you don't want to squander this opportunity. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I don't see, okay, they have pressure because they need to go to the next round. But for me, the pressure comes after here. Like, it's the, the impression you leave. Either you qualify or you stay in a group stage. For me, that's the pressure. How um, well do you play? How well do you develop these players? And then in the next four years, that's the real pressure. Yeah. Uh, pressure. And let's not give anything for granted. Yes, we have a great generation of young U.S. players, but bigger teams have not made it to the World Cup despite having a great generation. Let's see what happened to Italy, what happened to Netherlands in years sure, past. Sure. Let's not take it for granted that Team US is going to have a great World Cup. They're going to be there because they're going to be hosting, but that doesn't mean their performance from years from now will be better than this year. They have to play for today. This is the time when they need to mature mentally and as players, as a team. And I think they have all they need to make it happen. I really do. Uh when we come back, we'll make our predictions, get you set for the U.S. and Iran. We are under 10 minutes away. This is Stars and Stripes Today on ESPN 106.3. This is Stars and Stripes Today on ESPN 106.3. The national anthem being performed right now in Qatar, the U.S. and Iran. And then you've got on the other side, England and Wales. Group B comes to a conclusion today. Who is going through? Is it England and the United States? Or is it England and Iran? 
That is the question. We've already seen Senegal go through yep. with a come-from-behind victory over Ecuador. Real quick, guys, before we get to our predictions, uh, that could end up being the shocker of the group stage, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I saw the game. It was crazy. I think Ecuador was a little bit afraid, a little bit nervous about this. It's also the same situation for the USA. It's a young team, first time in the World Cup, almost of the team. Yeah. So you never know. I just want to ask you real quick after that. Do you think USA, if they go to the next round, they're going to beat Netherlands? So here is uh, what happens. If the U.S., if, if, the, if England wins and the U.S. wins, it'll be the United States and Netherlands Saturday, 10 a.m. If England loses to Wales and the U.S. wins, it'll be Sunday, 2 p.m. against Senegal for the United States. It's a touch, tough matchup with the Netherlands, but the U.S. always, always plays up to its competition. It's yeah. not like there isn't yeah. precedent Give me for the U.S. beating Netherlands. Yeah. I, don't yeah. want I think Senegal. you have a chance. I don't want Senegal. Yeah. I don't want to compete against that Senegal team. Yeah, no. Netherlands does not look overwhelming. Senegal we'll put it that is way. Dangerous. Yeah, Senegal, Senegal's scary because they just yeah. keep coming and they're yeah. fast. They are yeah. super fast. Yeah. All right, quickly here, Julian, your prediction, U.S. and Iran. I think it's going to be a close game at the beginning. Iran might score first, but again, the skilled players, the mental toughness of the U.S. team will allow them to come back. I think it's a 2-1 for the U.S. and they go to the knockout stage. And by the way, Weston McKinney's hairstyle, incredible. Elias, <laughs> mm. quickly, what's your prediction? 1-0 for USA. I'm going to say 2-0 USA. We all have the U.S. moving on. For Julian Zaldivar, Elias Bustamante, listen to them. 5 o'clock, Comunidad Deporte 760. I'm Ken Levicka. This has been Stars and Stripes today on ESPN 106.3.